0: things happening in this movie i'm yeah well how do we start it joke knock knock <laughs>
1: <laughs> who's there
0: uh i don't think we've talked about we got So i'm gonna stop you right there <laughs> we got uh we i don't think we've mentioned we got our first ari aster next film trailer the other day yeah i was afraid looks interesting
1: yeah it looks different in the yes. same way that Northman is different from The Witch and Lighthouse. Yeah. Robert Eggers, how he changed Northman was like a huge kind of shift, but also in the same vein. And it looks like this film's very different from like what he did with Midsommar. Both are a jump up in budget. Yeah, exactly. It's like A24 is like, let's give him more money. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like it looks intriguing, but it doesn't look as intriguing as either of his last films to me. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, I
0: think... The- I'm back. still going to see it. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen the short that it's based I don't know if it's based on, but he did a short about Bo like 10 years ago. He's done a lot of shorts and I've seen some of them, but I'm curious to see if it'll borrow some of the story from that anyway.
1: I just, it looks, it looks kind of like, um, I'm thinking of ending things.
0: Yeah. It's, it's like a Kaufman script. Yeah. Uh, done oh, oh that's Austria. what you were saying. Yeah. Kaufman uh, every time Gandhi. I,
1: every time I hear Kaufman, I think Andy Kaufman. No. Who's a different Kaufman. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> Charlie Kaufman, like yeah, very um, Eternal Sunshine. Yeah, you know,
1: which is cool, but that's not that's not really what I want out of my Ari Aster. If you know what I mean. Yeah,
0: well, I think it'll still have some horrific moments, and that's what I'm like. There's a the scene in the trailer where they're pulling through out of what looks like a tunnel, and it's very scary.
1: Do you think Bo is going to be afraid?
0: I think he will be. <laughs> if, if
1: there's any indication from the trailer, I
0: think he'll be very afraid. Okay. So, what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about, we're all still finishing. seventeen. <laughs> no, I wish. <laughs> we're still finishing out uh, 2022. This time with a film that not as many people saw mm-hmm. as probably the other big movies of 2022, like Fablemans and whatnot. Empire of Light, <gasps> which is the new Sam Mendes and Roger Deakins collaboration following... 2019's 1917.
1: So many people did not see this film that I also have not seen this film.
0: Yeah, it kind of just slipped on by. Well, I really wanted to see it. I still
1: plan on seeing it. So there'll probably be an addendum after after we play the song, the last song in this episode. uh, Let's keep listening because at some point I'll probably add my own hot take.
0: Yeah, it's pretty interesting the way it slipped on by because it is an insane... You would you would think going in that this would be a big deal. Mm-hmm. Sam Mendes, Roger Deakins, yeah, it's what, Oscar bait. What is the deal? It just it wasn't that amazing. Like it didn't have a good story. It was a solid drama with a lot of little things going on. There's Olivia Coleman giving who, a... Who wrote it? Do you know who wrote it? I think it was Sam.
1: So he did the same thing with 1917, which was a banger.
0: Yeah, but the source. I mean, the very concept of this film, uh, it's not a banger. I don't know where his inspiration came from. But yeah, it was written by him. I don't think it was an adaptation or anything. Is it
1: is it not about the love of film?
0: It's that's exactly what it is. Oh. But but it, it it delivers that overall idea and final concept through other ways like the like the, the drama is There's Olivia like the interracial relationship. Yeah. Between so the full spoilers for those who care. Okay. Uh, there's this blossoming relationship between Olivia Coleman and this much younger guy who's played by
1: is he like the doorman or something?
0: Michael Ward. No, he's just another employee at the at, this, at the cinema.
1: Does she own the cinema though?
0: No, she's just another employee. Oh, okay. She's I thought she was the owner. Yeah, her thing is that she has uh mental health issues. Oh. And that isn't readily, you know, it's not apparent at first but it becomes like very important as the movie goes on. Oh. That's why she's just kind of working at the cinema, one of the reasons. Uh, I think she's mildly schizophrenic. So she takes medication wow. and then okay. as she falls in love with Michael Ward, this uh, handsome young charismatic black man, because uh-huh. racism is part of the film as well. Yeah, I thought so. Um, she she like becomes close with him and intimate emotionally and physically. Uh, she starts to get off her meds because she wants to, like, you know, feel alive again. Because the meds uh, kind of mute her yeah, feelings yeah, yeah, yeah. as a schizophrenic. Garden state. Or whatever she suffers from. Yeah. And uh, she obviously at that point, you know, spirals out of control. She ends up, like, going oh, away. No. And then she comes back. <laughs> <laughs> she goes away and comes yeah, back. Yeah, well, they have to, like, lock her up. I mean, they get a, oh Oh, they do? Uh, yeah, she becomes a disturbance. <laughs> uh How? How did this show that she has a, like a mental breakdown in her apartment because of stuff that happens like at the cinema? She's being chased, sexually exploited by is that uh, Colin Firth of all people? Who is that is actually the operator. happening? Yeah, okay, but it's like it's not like um, rape because she, it's consent, but it's like Colin Firth, who again is it's weird seeing him as like a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, he's like kind of you know getting her to jerk him off or stuff like that yeah really and so eventually she snaps and uh has a psychotic break inside her apartment building and so they have to send help all the while michael ward as steven is like trying to uh uh, you know figure out what's going on with her because they're they have this really close relationship even though it's obviously never going to work out because she's like yeah not, not only schizophrenic but she's like 30 years older than him Earth 2030. So, anyway, all this time, all these things are happening uh, around and inside this theater in this southern coastal town in 1980s England. Oh, it's in England. Yeah. In the 80s. So, it's kind of a period piece. Okay. And like I said, there's racism going on at a few points in the film. There's like protests and stuff where like these skinheads are like marching through the coastal town and they have to like board up the theater. Cause all the uh, employees are inside and then they end up like breaking in and right. they beat the crap out of Michael Ward cause he's black. And so he Thanks. spends like 30 minutes in a hospital, 30 film minutes, you know, many weeks for him. <laughs> um, and that's where like <laughs> Olivia Coleman, like gets to, <laughs> gets to meet his mom and there's a little bit of awkward tension, but then there comes to be an understanding and because they're the same age. Yeah. <laughs> and so anyway, all this stuff, you know, keeps going on, but there's never like, there's never like something super gripping about this film. It's always just kind of, it feels Oscar Beatty and there's this slow simmering drama, which never really on any of its plot points or like thematic conceits. Wait, where
1: where does, you have not once talked about the love of film. Like
0: where does that play into the. Well, they're working at a theater. And so every so often there's like there, this, this love of the, the intention of the film is to be a celebration of cinema and specifically, I guess the theater going, experience since they work in a theater and so the main through line there is like toby jones character okay hail hydra yeah he is a projectionist yeah okay and he's always like talking about how like this (laughs) 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 he's always talking about how magical this experience is and Mm. um, there's like the line from the trailer where he's talking about Uh, movies are static frames run very quickly and so the darkness you can't see it it's just film and it's stories and stuff like that (laughs) and so he's doing that the whole movie and there's just there's a lot going on (laughs) uh you you come out of the theater watching this movie and you're just like oh that was that was interesting and then you just forget about it like the next day i don't know not, and I, I don't want to discredit it because it's like a quiet drama versus like 1917 or even when they did, you know, like Skyfall, which was a big deal 10 years ago.
1: All right, here we're doing that thing again. We're, we're going to recommend a song to you, a little break in the podcast episode. Uh, this is a song that I have loved throughout 2022 coming from Joe Keery himself from Stranger Things. He's got a little band, a little artist name called... J- D- J- Joe. D- Joe. It's DJO, spelled DJO. Django. But it's also pronounced Joe. The song's called Change, and it's so oh, yeah. catchy. It's Insanely one of my catchy. favorite songs from 2022. Here it is. All right, welcome back.
0: Welcome back. Welcome back to the Popeyes. TCP. <laughs> mm. But it's, uh, I don't know, it just, it never wowed me. You know, and it was never something. But it was shot by Deakins. Yeah, it was, oh my God, it was beautiful cinematography. Obviously, it wasn't crazy like, you know, the flare scene in 1917. But everything, every shot. Not
1: everything is like the flare scene in 1917.
0: But it's Roger Deakins who is. Literally one of the greatest cinematographers yeah, of all yeah. time. So you expect a level of quality and it's there, but it's always very downplayed. It's very muted. Who shot Dune? That wasn't Deacons, was it? No, no, no. But Deacons did do um, 2049. Yeah,
1: okay, that's where I'm.
0: Um but yeah, it's it's that vibe. Deacons has a very specific style. Um, I don't really know how to describe it, but it, it feels like Deacons and the color is very nice. Everything's blocked really well. I think the
1: coloring and the framing are go hand in hand. Yeah. When it comes to Deacon's look, you know? Yeah. Like how things are colored. Mm -hmm. I've been working with a lot of colorists lately. You never really think about it, but like coloring is a whole aspect of the filmmaking that plays a huge part. And it's always like one of the last things to be done. Yeah.
0: And the color palette in this film is everything's very right. Kind of washed and pastel. Yeah. Um, but every this film this movie has everything going for it like I mentioned Olivia Coleman delivers an Oscar worthy performance okay stuff like that She did so also in The Crown <laughs> Yeah it's Olivia Coleman it's yeah. that's the brand But again it's just not something that I that's left That's the brand it's She's not, her own
1: brand now That's awesome
0: Her brand of excellence you
1: know No no it's it's just cool cuz like just a couple of years ago she like won her first Oscar and was freaking oh. out on stage remember Yeah and now she's her own brand which is cool like yeah. that she's 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 risen maybe in a couple years we'll get the Brendan Fraser brand back you know
0: yeah oh and the other reason film is important is because uh, Olivia Coleman's character has never actually watched a movie in the theater before and the movie ends yeah Michael Ward the whole time is like telling her you got to just watch a movie in the theater because that's why else are you alive why do you work here yeah and at the very end she has her um, Manny and Babylon moment where he's in the theater Pretty similar, except there's no, you know, breaking of the fourth wall uh, meta reference. She's sitting there watching a movie. I can't remember what it is. Um, Ghostbusters. (laughs) No, I actually, I did look it up, though, because... It's an 80s film? It's an early 80s film, uh, and I I wish I could remember it, because it was pretty interesting. I think it's some kind of comedy drama. Empire Strikes (laughs) Back. (laughs) Yeah. No. There is a poster. Back to the Future. (laughs) There's a Star Wars poster I saw in the movie um yeah. because that uh, you might forget it's a period piece until you see little things like that yeah. pop up or yeah. music from the time yeah anyway she sees the movie and it kind of it's this kind of not enlightening moment but it's this kind of realization and she she finds she has like her character arc completes and she's like happy you know she's learning to be secure i guess in her identity who she she's is. learning to be less schizophrenic yeah <laughs> And Michael Ward, who's young, as I mentioned, he finally goes off to college, and
1: oh he's must, he's, he's really young
0: <laughs> he's in I, I'm assuming he's in his early twenties okay, uh maybe like nineteen twenty so put off college for a couple of years, yeah, well, his thing was like the sleep of Olivia um, Coleman, he wants to be an architect, I think, and they just they wouldn't let him in. I can't remember if it was because he was black or if it was because he was dumb <laughs> he's, he's not dumb, he's not dumb, he's smart um. But he finally gets accepted into the program, and he he get, he has to leave, and so they have to you know separate. Of course. <laughs> Sorry. Um,
1: I actually I actually really want to see this movie now.
0: Yeah, um, it's it's a good movie. It's just like yeah, in a year where you have things like Fableman's, yeah, Babylon, all these other celebrations of cinema, and there are so many. It's just like yeah, I- easy to slip under the the rug.
1: We have not. I just want to also say we have not talked about Amsterdam yet either and uh, that's yeah. because neither that of us that had nothing to do with movies right no it doesn't but but it is one of the other like big ones it's a yeah, da- it's... Da- David O. Russell yeah. film and and everybody loves David O. Russell and um, it just did not interest either of us mm-hmm. and it, it got smashed by critics yeah uh, Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes and every other place and I had a friend a really good friend who saw a pre-screening of this film like months ago back in back way way before it came out like like 6 to 8 months before it came out and told me the whole breakdown of the film and it just seemed like another kind of uh i don't know
0: david was phoning it in
1: no 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 just just um character study oh. where it doesn't really have like any kind of purpose or reason like 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 normally films great films i should say have like a point like there's a point to the film a that message. like yeah like some sort of Okay, like like you could take away in one sentence this is the point of the film, you know, Thanos was right, you know like that kind of, that kind of thing <laughs> he did nothing wrong, yeah, but the some like a lot of these character studies he did the same thing with uh it wasn't inherent vice, that was p t what was the other one that David or Russell did something hustle yeah, American hustle that was just like you're watching characters run around and exist on screen and then it's over. Like it's just an acting reel for your movie stars. Exactly, and P. T. Anderson does that a lot too, which is why I have kind of a problem with his films. Uh, not all of them. Like I, I really liked the last one he did.
0: Yeah, I feel like P. T. is way better than David Russell. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> but so, so it just didn't interest us. That's why we didn't see it. And I mean, it's it's on streaming. We could watch it at any time. We just haven't yet. I'm so. not gonna watch it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll probably turn it
0: on and see, watch it until it. I don't want to watch it anymore. You know what maybe turned me off the most is just the trailer. Yeah. I just like, it doesn't look interesting. And then the other, the
1: other thing is that Babylon was coming out pretty soon after. Yeah. And also had Margot Robbie and a bunch of other good actors. And so you're like, Babylon didn't look as good because Amsterdam didn't look good. You know what I mean? Which is why one of the reasons I think Babylon has gotten
0: like less of a credit. Yeah.
1: Margot fatigue is because of Amsterdam. uh yeah a little bit margot fatigue but i although I
0: margot robbie is f- fucking awesome <laughs>
1: i don't think yeah i don't think i could ever be fatigued of margot personally amazing <laughs> she seems like also just like a really cool person yeah uh anyway so empire of light i don't ask you to do this often but
0: you want me to rate it
1: yeah if you could grade it or rate it out of 10 or letter grade it
0: i don't know close to it's a soft six.
1: Oh, really It's not even like a like a C. It's like a D.
0: Well, I don't think about it. If I were to give it letter grades, I'd give it a C. But when I think about numbers to ten, like five being average, I'm like, this is above average, but it's not memorable. You know, (laughs) I'm not. When I think about Sam and Roger, I'm like, never going to think Empire of Light. Yeah, or even Olivia Coleman. It's just the only thing this film, like the its legacy, was going to be introducing Michael Ward to the world because he's great, and I hope he has. You know. A, good, a bright future ahead of him that sounds super familiar to me i'd never s- saw him before not like joven
1: okay well here's a song at the end play a song yeah i
0: from, think from I, s- of I selected Light. a track oh yeah because trent Reznor and atticus
1: ross they did the, did the score that is so funny this is the second because they also did bones and all yeah and I didn't see either of these movies.
0: It's funny when they do scores like that, because I always think of them, you know, f- whether it's Nine Inch Nails or like something like the score they did for Watchmen, yeah. where it's very electric and stuff, and amazing. But they do scores like this in Bones and all, where it's it's very quiet and and um,
1: they're kind of the people that like if you were creating like a soundscape, you want to like you want
0: to use them because they can create like tones, you know. Like, and they they did that, yeah. and it was perfect, married with Roger Deakins cinematography, because there was a tone in this movie. It just like i said it didn't interest me personally yeah as much as it could have all
1: right well here's a track from trent Reznor, atticus ross
0: yeah